This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mattress Firm's Labor Day sale ends Monday. Get a king mattress for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin for a savings of up to $600. Plus, get a free adjustable base when you spend just $4.99. And Friday through Monday, get a Beautyrest Queen mattress for just $99. Visit mattressfirm.com or a store near you for the best deal of the season. Only at Mattress Firm. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. $99 mattress offer available in-store only at the Boss Supplies last. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. And you're listening to the November 10th, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe, and we are brought to you by my bookie. We are here today with the flagship show showrunner, I should say, the Rotoviz Radio Show producer of Fantasyland Podcast, basically a superstar in the making here. Welcome to the show, Pat Corain. You can find him on the tweets at Pat Corain. That's Corain with a K, two R's, and then an A'n. It's great to have you back on the Mailbag <laughs> Show. Pat, man, what's good? Hey, man. Thanks so much for having me on. Excited to be on with you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's my pleasure having you back on. I know, uh, I think when I first took over this show, you were... Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. If not one of the first, but maybe the first guest I had on, it was either you or our buddy Scott. I can't tell. Yeah, I remember uh, coming on pretty early on in the run. Uh, you were kind enough to let me to uh, guest host the mailbag uh, before I started doing pods on on Road of His Radio, and uh, had my brother on, which is a lot of fun for that. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been mailbag's always been a big big part of my Road of His uh, heart, that w- close to my Road of His heart. Does that make sense? I don't know. A little bit. Yeah, it does. It does. It was that was a good episode too, by the way. And it, because I have no life, I went back and did the uh, I guess the compilation episode with the uh, Road of His Mailbag best of from last season. And I think your episode might have had about. Maybe a good fifteen to twenty percent of airtime on that show. It was it, it was pretty much right up there. The, the stories were on point, I must say, specifically with uh, pants and fences, if I recall. Yes, yes, I, I did share. <laughs> Quite a story from my younger days. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to be answering all the questions for the week regarding Dynasty trades, player outlooks, redraft takes, start sits, DFS hits. You know the drill. Before we dive right in, though, Pat, you and fellow podcast host and YouTube personality extraordinaire Pete Overzet are in your second year of the high-stakes FFPC. Now, I know last season there were a few players on your squad that decided they didn't necessarily want to perform for you guys, and the team just missed the playoffs after a killer late-season push. Uh, Give us a status update for this season here. 
Yeah, so uh, our starting wide receivers this week are Paul Richardson and Corey Davis, and we went zero running back. So uh, that kind of gives you an idea of where we're at. Um, our our first five rounds of the draft were Odo Beckham, Amari Cooper, Jordan Reed, it's a tight end premium, Carlos Hyde, which is kind of our one hit there, and Allen Robinson. Oh, so, gosh. Uh, it, it's been a rough year. Somehow we're still alive for a playoff spot based on total points. Uh, we have hit on some running backs. We drafted Al- Alvin Kamara, I think, in like the 13th round, and so he's been a lifesaver. Um, Carlos Hyde, as I mentioned, we have, and, and he's been a solid RB1 for us. So we're still kind of in the running here, but we really have to crush it over the next uh, couple weeks. Playoffs start um, after week 11, so we have to we have to absolutely crush over the next two weeks to make the playoffs. Uh, it looks like Richardson now has one reception for 43 yards. So, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll pull this thing out. Moving on up. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so hard to recover from that. That's, that's where the, one of the beautiful things in, in football is no matter how, how process oriented we are, sometimes you just catch a bad beat, right? I mean, the, the players you listed literally is the, the team I was most excited for in my dynasty <laughs> teams this year. And everybody just kind of died. Talked about it last week week as well. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do with that. So rather than follow up with the process-driven question here, uh, Pat, give us your juiciest spat between you and Pete so far this season, whether it was on draft day or in season. Who won the fight? Who was right? Well, so I think last year we definitely got into it uh, a lot more. We stayed up arguing like all night about Justin Forsett and Buck Allen. <laughs> so. <laughs> We didn't quite get into it as much this year, but but the version of that was Brandon Cooks, who I was very anti-Brandon Cooks in the early second round where we would have had to take him because we were drafting after Julian Edelman had been uh, out for the season. So I was definitely against that. Pete was all about it. Um, This kind of led me to realize that, you know, Pete, despite being from Denver originally and claiming that he no longer has a fantasy or that he has an actual football team and he's just a fantasy football fan without any football rooting interests. I realize he's actually a Patriots fan now, having lived in the Boston area for so long. He's all about these Patriots. Every year he wants to draft these Patriots fans pretty high. And, of course, <laughs> telling him that uh, then and pretty much every time I've seen him since has also created some additional conflict <laughs> beyond the Cooks spat. So uh, we didn't take Cooks, so I guess I, I kind of won that, although – uh, it would have been very early in the second. We drafted the 108, so it would have been like the 202. So it would have been pretty early to take Cooks. Um, I did concede Rex Burkhead as a 12th round pick. Uh, so Pete got his homer pick in the end. Yeah, and well, geez, and it just might turn out here. I mean, if if they give the rain over to Burkhead here a little bit more, maybe make Gillisley a little bit less. We've seen him a little bit less here. And, oh, gosh, it's got to hurt, right, because there's nothing you can do about injuries. But now he at least still has that in the bag, right, where he could say, you know, if we would have just taken Brandon Cooks here, we might be all right. Well, we took Amari Cooper in the second, so you could pretty much point to, like, anyone – that went after us in the second and, and make that <laughs> argument. <laughs> now, I, I know you're not going to pass up on uh, this opportunity again next year, right? So anything you're going to keep doing uh, as a unit there or do differently, taking another swing at this thing next year? Yeah, so Pete and I talked about this, and we've decided that we, we need to go late-round tight end in this format. It's tight end premium, and it's 20 rounds. So pretty much every tight end with a pulse gets snapped up, and it gets scary to go kind of late-round at that position, but 
Um, what I've kind of noticed and we've talked about is like that there aren't enough roster spots as the season goes on because everyone's snapping up any any running backs and wide receivers that you can still kind of stream the position. There are still like tight ends who who start for NFL teams available. So I think we're basically going to try to not stream tight end, but but spend a lot less of our premium capital on the position. So, you know, we, we spent a third-round pick on Jordan Reed. We spent, I think, an eighth-round pick on Eric Ebron, which, you know, obviously another terrible pick. So it's just been really frustrating to take a, a position. I think it's kind of – it's sort of anti what we're doing with zero running back to take tight ends that early because there's so much volatility there. So we're trying to take the more stable position of wide receiver, but then we're burning high-end capital on – a volatile position like tight end, it's kind of going against the the strategy to avoid running backs for the same reason. So that's that's I think the major change we're going to make next year. Um, we're sticking with zero running back. Hasn't paid off yet in the high stakes. We're zero for two with that, but I think I still think that's the right way to go. If anything, maybe we're we're not uh, leveraging that volatility enough. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that too, right? Because projection-wise, it, it just clearly it makes sense. You, you take the early tight ends on the premium. Uh, I ran into the same issue, you know, SFB-wise, where, yes, you take a look at the projections, you go, holy shit, I mean, these guys are just going to boss hog the whole time, so I'm going to just hammer these tight ends, which I did. Um, but to your point with the variability, I mean, the, the projections are only as good as the ones that are on the field and performing, right? So it, it is a, just just the complete opposite of anti-fragile when you when you do that, and if you don't hit on the right ones, you're 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 dead, you're toast, right? So yeah, I, I like that approach. I mean, we saw last week, you know, with the the Trey Burton all of a sudden getting a spot start. This week, you're looking at potentially Garrett Selleck going into an FFPC and probably going to get somebody some decent production there as well, right? So so yeah, despite uh, the the premium, it definitely seems like in that specific format, you can go ahead and wait a few more rounds there to take. One. On there now all of this content that we're talking about here whether it's process whether it's anti anti fragility whether you're talking about robust running backs all of this type of content you want to keep an ear to the ground here you can do it at rotaviz.com and do so by clicking on our podcast page. Sign up now if you're still a listener of this show and for whatever reason you're still not signed up on the site, you can do so. It's only a 30% discount to a Rotaviz NFL Pass, which gives you access to all of our premium NFL content. So go ahead and take advantage of that. And also, if you're listening to the show and you still haven't rated the show on iTunes, do us a solid. It means a lot. Uh, takes hard work putting this show out every single week for you guys. So go ahead and give us that rate on iTunes. And of course, if you have any questions you want answered on the show, give us a email at uh, rotavizradio at gmail.com and we'll get those answered for you as well. All right, Pat, you know the drill. Let's get it. DFS, is Sterling Shepard chalky or contrarian this week? I'm not too good at judging own percentage, uh, but he seems pretty cheap on DraftKings. I know Evan Ingram is technically the wide receiver one there, but would you consider Shepard a core play due to the value? Yeah, I'm not sure if he'll be crazy high owned. Um, I I don't think he's going to be like super contrarian or anything, but um, he strikes me kind of more as a, as a cash play anyway, just because he's, he's kind of on the cheaper side and more of like a volume play. I don't, I, he doesn't strike me like he's a ton of upside, as you mentioned. Angram's kind of the, the prime dog there anyway. So kind of an underpriced wide receiver play strikes me more as, as a cash game lineup, but I wouldn't necessarily consider him a core play. Um, all Rams, all three Rams wide receivers are cheaper. Uh, on DraftKings, they're at home against Houston. 
Adam Humphreys is only 3100 uh, $3, with Mike Evans out. Uh, Robbie Anderson is cheaper against Tampa Bay. So I feel like there's lots of cheap wide receiver uh, plays this week, lots of options there. So I, I wouldn't actually consider Shepard a Stern, a, uh, Sterling Shepard a core play this week. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. And I will say quite candidly here, I'm having a difficult time with lineup construction right now because, well, it's it's basically, I would say, a tournament dream, right? Because, I mean, there are literally players at every single price range and tier this week. You can go high, you can go low, you can unlock some of the high plays like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown by using a guy like, you know, either an Adam Humphreys or a Chris Godwin, you know, whatever you want to decide is optimal this week, I think is very up in the air right now. So far, I to your earlier point, you know, I like guys like Sterling Shepard, Robert Robbie Anderson and taking some of those guys in that range and then paying up for some of those studs at running back. But even having said that, there's still Carlos Hyde is too cheap. Jordan Howard is too cheap this week. So I I don't know, Pat. I'm having a difficult time with lineup construction because there's just so many good plays. But back to the question at hand, yes, I think Sterling Shepard is a good play as well. Um, dynasty here, Pat. I drafted Deshaun Kaiser in the third round and was hoping he wouldn't flame out so quick. Is there still a shot for him? I mean, he's a rookie and he was thrust into a terrible situation. Uh, is he a potential drop candidate come next season? Um, I mean, I feel like Jared Goff should remind us that we, we really should not be writing rookie quarterbacks off. Um, <laughs> you know, we talk about a quarterback thrust into a terrible situation and looking really bad, and now he looks really good. Um, that said, I, I do think Kaiser could be a drop candidate um, because it depends on what the Browns do in the draft. If they end up bringing in someone that they plan to start over him, then I think at that point I would cut bait on Kaiser. But if Kaiser isn't facing strong competition in 2018, then I'd definitely be interested in acquiring him in deeper dynasty leagues, you know, assuming he comes very cheap. If it's a type of dynasty league where I'm going to be rostering, I don't know, even like even like 25 players or something where I'm going to be rostering multiple quarterbacks anyway, yeah, I'd be totally interested in acquiring him. And I feel like this happened with Blake Bortles where he looked terrible. Everyone wrote him off. He was, like, basically free. And, like, Blake Bortles sucks, but he had a really good <laughs> sophomore year. Um, You know, Goff also – we were 100% sure sucks. It turns out he doesn't suck. So, you know, I think Kaiser could be fine as, a, as an actual NFL quarterback down the line. Um, and my guess is he'll be super, super cheap this offseason. Yep, with you there as well. Next one, redraft. Should I be buying Mike Evans or is the quarterback situation going to hurt him? Yeah, this actually made me think because I – I'm not sure what is the price on him right now. Is it kind of lower than – elite wide receiver level like if people are scared off by the quarterback uh situation then i would definitely be buying evans i mean fitzpatrick will almost certainly be forcing evans the ball um and then i looked at the buy low machine wrote a business buy low machine uh which kind of identifies targets based on upcoming schedule and tampa bay has the third easiest remaining wide receiver schedule uh for all teams and they have the biggest improvement in terms of their wide receiver schedule for the rest of the season so uh, you know, their, their schedule is only the third easiest, but it points out that Evans has had some tougher matchups uh, thus far than some of those other teams. So there could be a swing here in terms of the matchups that Evans and the rest of the wide receivers are facing. And I think Evans in particular uh, could be just fine with Fitzpatrick because, you know, he's the type of quarterback that's going to throw the ball up. Um, 
But I don't know. I mean, I haven't really been inquiring about Evans, sort of assuming people were thinking of him like, uh, you know, Mike Evans is Mike Evans is not going to be parting with him for anything less than elite prices. Um, have you seen him for less than that? And uh, I guess what I'm saying is if he if he's available for less than that, I'd definitely be biting. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I have not seen him for less than that. It, it's to your point, the market has, it, I guess it's, it's undervaluing him, but the, the, I'm just not seeing any get, uh, deals get done. Like it's easy for us behind the microphone here to say, yes, go ahead and, and buy Mike Evans. But if you own Mike Evans, you're not necessarily selling him right now, unless you do think the, the quarterback downgrade, uh, is actually a downgrade. And I don't, I don't know, really know if it is. I mean, to your point, Fitzpatrick is going to force feed him the ball. He's a gunslinger. Um, sure, he's not going to be able to extend the plays that like Winston might have, but you know he's going to come in with a little bit higher on on the accuracy and completion clip there. So um, yeah, I I think you just if you can get your hands on him, do it. Let, let me ask you this: so if if you were had uh, like a Mike Evans and then another tier below him plus another tier below him running back, would you would you give up Mike Evans for one tier lower on wide receiver and one tier lower? on running back so can we put some names to this what what type of player are you talking so maybe we're looking in the range of ty hilton and a uh i'll say alvin kamara or uh christian mccaffrey i mean if i'm getting kamara and hilton back i would do that i think but i wouldn't do it for mccaffrey because i i don't know i'm pretty i'm I'm pretty high on kamara right now um, that's interesting. Yeah, I think I would do that. Uh, at least for the Kamara side. What yeah. about you? I yeah, boy. Yeah, I see. I'd take the Kamara side as well, but in a vacuum, it's very easy to say that, right? But I mean, if I'm if I'm not struggling, I don't need the multiple pieces, right? If all the stars aligned and and I just need something to get me over the hump because I I know I'm a front runner for a Super Bowl, then I would take the Mike Evans side. Basically, uh, that's that's the way I would look at that. I think it's it's purely predicated on on the roster. Um, we'll go ahead and move on from this one here, Pat. But your biggest 2017 tilt so far, um, I, I guess outside of drafting Amari Cooper in the second round in the in the FFPC. <laughs> so this one is kind of a just like a bad beat, I guess. But it was it was bad enough. I, there's one league that I'm in that I feel like this consistently happens to me where just like all the bad shit happens i finally i won it last year so i was like oh this is a the tide is turned and i kind of like i sold some it's a dynasty league standard scoring and i threw a bunch of first round picks away to try to play for this year uh this is this season has not worked out the way i wanted and i think that back in week two this is when i should have realized that uh this is this is not going to happen for me this year uh i was down by less than four points heading into the Sunday night game, and I had Jordy Nelson left, and I had Golden Tate left, who was going Monday night. So Jordy Nelson, that's the week he exited the game before recording a catch. So right away I have a zero there. And then, I'm you know, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm sort of joking around before even the Sunday night game with my brother, like, oh, man, like, this would suck. If if somehow I don't win this game, this would be pretty brutal, huh? Ha, 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 ha. Jordy goes out for zero points, and then... Monday night, Tate has 25 yards. It's his worst worst output of the year. Uh, so I, I didn't even, frankly, get close, you know, to my four points. 
So, uh, yeah, that was pretty tilting. I still can't believe I lost that one. Uh, I pulled up exactly, you know, exactly what it was, uh, you know, having remembered the pain of it. Like, it was the type of thing where I didn't even talk about it, and other people in the league were like, wow, dude. That was rough. That's the worst. I mean, you had yeah. to have taken some old lady's coffee at Starbucks or something that week, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, every every day I do that. What are you, what are you talking? About? What do you mean? <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, that's 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 definitely a bad beat. I apologize for that. That's just brutal. All right, redraft from the forums. Uh, Brandon Cooks and Jordy Nelson, or Jay Ajayi and the Gronk. Who, who, by the way, got his ass mauled on uh, Drop the Mic by uh, some actress on CW. I don't even know who she is, but uh, he got worked, by the way. Oh, I didn't, I didn't see that. I got to catch up on my CW. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I would definitely take uh, Jai and Gronk here. Um, Jordy hasn't scored uh, 10 points now combined in his last two weeks. Um. And I, I would bet that Gronk and Ajayi are the two highest scoring players in the deal. So I, I would take the, that side. Yep, I'm with you there as well. Next one, Dynasty. I'm an A.J. Green owner, but not a true contender. What can I expect to get for him in terms of player uh, players or picks? It seems like his market might be lower than it should be, despite the quarterback situation, the offensive line, etc. Uh, he's approaching the age cliff, and while I don't like to lean on examples like Larry Fitzgerald as outliers, I'm the type that does like to get out from under a guy before the steady decline, if I can. Yeah, so I feel like if you're going to sell green for kind of that big um, prime level you know, like three first payoff or something. Like, I think that's gone right now. Or it's just, it's not available right now. He's 29. He's having his worst season since his rookie year. Um, that's true, actually, even if you throw out the last game where he was ejected. Um, it's especially true if you include the last game, which, you know, did hurt people because he would have been in your lineup. So um, I don't know that you're necessarily going to be able to, to get that big-time cash out unless – you're, you know, if your trade deadline's a couple weeks away, he has one of those monster AJ Green games, which he can have. Maybe you can uh, get that kind of uh, payoff for, from a contender. Um, but I feel like that window's been kind of trending earlier and earlier. Like you might have had to sell him even before last year to get that kind of uh, payout. Uh, but having said that, I would still want a big payout to get. Uh, you know, if I was going to sell AJ Green, I, w- I would still want those kind of early first plus multiple mid first level uh first type of value um you know Josh Hermsmeyer had a piece this offseason that I thought was really good talking about how the wide receiver peak in terms of consistency may come later than we think those these years are actually i think prime years for wide receivers in dynasty 29 30 31 these are years that uh AJ Green who hasn't actually been like a monster performer He's never had a season above 20 PPR points. He's been that like 17 to 19 PPR points per game type of guy. I think he can hold that type of range up uh, for definitely through the next like three years, maybe four, four or five years. So I would be fine holding a guy like that. Um, I think one move, if you're getting a little skittish on green that you could try to do, you know, you're saying you're not really contender. Uh I wonder about maybe trying to move to A-Rob plus, right? If you got a guy with, with Allen Robinson who's a contender, 
uh, particularly if you wait another, if you can wait another week, so at least green isn't coming off an ejection, um, then you could try to move to uh, to A Rob there, given his ACL tear. What do you think about that, Jeremy? Yeah, that's good analysis. I definitely like that play there as well. This is an interesting one as well because I was faced with this dilemma. Well, not mid-season, but I, I contemplated moving AJ Green in a particular league this offseason. I, I opted against it, and normally this is the time when I would move a player like AJ Green so I could try to get, if not the three first round value, the at least two first uh uh two first round instead of three first round, and then plus another piece there. Uh, I still I think I should have de- done it, but I. I didn't do it there, um, but yeah, the, 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 this is a tough one because there's no real right answer to this one. I really like the the A Rob play on that one, but yeah, I, I think you're just gonna have to wait till he scores some more touchdowns on this one. Into his age 30, 31 season, the only I guess concern I have about AJ Green, at least from his kind of career arc perspective to date, is that you know he does have a larger uh, average depth of target, right? So so he is doing a lot of the the downfield plays and I just wonder are they are they going to get creative enough to do with him like they did over in Arizona with Larry Fitzgerald because you know if he loses a step and they still use him the same way they're using him right now yeah, you have to kind of have some pause for concern there, and unless they start to kind of give them some of that interior type of work, and you know, who who knows what they're going to do with that? I think that we've seen it time and time again be successful with some of those aging wide receivers, and we've seen some of those other receivers not get that opportunity and just kind of fall to the side. Yeah, they and they still kind of produce, but it's just kind of a slow, uh, maybe not precipitous, but a slow, steady decline. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, I definitely try to avoid being the, you know, just saying like, oh, he's got four more years left, you know, whatever. But I think that it is true when you look at the truly elite guys that you can, you know, you're looking at a guy who has been an elite fantasy player like A.J. Green has, and he's 29. I do think it's fair to say I'm going to I'm gonna kind of assume that he can do this through his early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um you know, to the to the extent that you can assume anything in fantasy football, that seems like a safe assumption. Um, and you know, this I think is probably one of the worst times you could sell him. Again, coming off that ejection, he's not producing the way that he he has in other seasons, not quite up to that level. And he has been an inconsistent week to week performer over his career. I mean, he's the guy who throws up those monster games, and sometimes he you know he has duds. So I would not coming off kind of the ultimate dud um i would not be looking to sell and you know maybe that maybe we're thinking if he has if he strings together two big games or you know two medium-sized games or something we could be thinking about him pretty differently a couple weeks from now and maybe that's when you can get out if you're sort of determined to start a rebuild or something but um i would be fine green's not a guy i'm panicking panicking on at all i I trust the talent and I think he'll, you know, he's very, I think he's sort of a stable asset. And I think he'll probably be worth like, you know, a third round pick in a couple years or something. I don't think his value is going to go through the, go through the floor. Very good. All right, Pat, what's your favorite fantasy football memory? Yeah. So this, I, I guess it's not like a single memory, but, um, in 2011, I drafted Rob Gronkowski and Jimmy Graham on the same team, which was, yeah, it was like mostly luck to be completely frank. I mean, I, I was targeting Graham as a sleeper that year, but, um, 
I'll give a shout out to John Paulson, who's you know one of the best rankers in the business. Uh, at you know, I remember looking at his rankings that preseason, and being like, "Why is this Rob Gronkowski guy so high?" Man, I don't know. I'll take a shot. And then I got him. This was an auction league, so I got him for like a buck and Graham for like three bucks or something. And it was like by far the my favorite team that I've ever owned. It, I didn't win it that year. I, I lost in the championship that year, but um, that was just my favorite team I've ever had. Just having those two guys like in their massive breakout seasons together. Good stuff. And, of course, you didn't win that year because that's just how things work out, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, next question is about Green Bay tight ends. Good good grief. Um, just look elsewhere. Uh, we'll move on to the next question here. Uh, player <laughs> outlook. <laughs> um, uh, this is about Josh Gordon. So, apparently, this dude uh, unloaded his uh, free agent bid for Josh Gordon, aiming for the ceiling here. Um, knows it could probably have been a mistake, but I guess uh, worth the shot in his mind. So, so what's your take on Josh Gordon? Obviously, it doesn't look like we're going to get him till you know, what is it, maybe week 13 or so. So, is there is there any hope from him in the short term and potentially in the long term yeah so in our uh ffpc team that we talked about earlier the high stakes team uh we put in like a medium bid i think like 52 bucks out of a thousand something like that for for gordon we want him um so i'm willing to take a shot here on gordon i feel like it's definitely got some upside i mean he's he's done more with worse quarterback play um he's going to be returning uh, you know, the question he's saying, what, what are the odds he could be a wide receiver too? I mean, Robbie Anderson's a wide receiver too on the season. Like, can't Josh Gordon be a wide receiver too for the playoff runs? I, I, I wouldn't, you know, it seems maybe a little crazy given how long Jordan's, Gordon's been out of football. Uh, they've got Corey Coleman coming back. So the targets, the target distribution may not even be there. But, um, I think Gordon's worth a shot. You know, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't necessarily be banking on him for for your playoff run, but um, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued, and I'm definitely feel like he's worth a roster spot. Yeah, I'm with you there as well, and and I think you know it's it's difficult because there's yeah there's no right or it's basically what's your level of risk tolerance and you know how how much do you have to take a stand, how much do you have to go out on a limb for a certain player. The good news is there are a bunch of different apps out there that you can do where it's a little bit more real time. So a guy like Josh Gordon, you don't have to decide on right now. You can just wait until week 13 when you have some little uh, more up-to-date information and head over to a site like Draft. Uh, you should head over there this weekend because you can actually uh, get uh, – Nice little discount here by signing up and using the uh, Rotoviz RV Radio uh, bonus code here. That'll give you uh, your first deposit, uh, a $3 entry to uh, said draft there. So whether you're going on playdraft.com or you're using the pretty sleek, mo- uh, I say sleek, slick uh, mobile interface over there on the app, uh, there are literally drafts going on about every three minutes here. It's pretty fantastic. Whether you're uh, doing $1 head-to-heads or $1,000 head-to-heads, uh, those games are in the lobby for you, literally right now. So head on over there, uh, try it out. I'm doing it. I know everybody here at the Viz is is doing it as well, and it's it's really just a fun time to pass the time along. Uh, it, one of my favorite things to do, Pat, is to head a draft, and then you you can 
see when somebody's their head isn't quite in it right because you can only get two per position and you just maxed out your position and you see somebody else to take the same position when clearly they should have moved on to the next position and they just bought you another position right so that's definitely my favorite thing to do so i like to favorite those guys and try to play them later on as well (laughs) So, so yeah, whether you're playing for real money or you're just playing for a little bit to buy the time, I mean, it's a perfect draft app for you, for your friends, for your coworkers. Get everybody over there. uh, Shoot them over a a referral link. And, again, make sure you use the code RVRADIO. All right, Pat, Team Outlook, you know you're hurting when you're looking at the San Francisco 49ers and trying to get a startable wide receiver. Is it Aldrick Robinson or Marcus Goodwin? Marquise Goodwin. Uh, going forward, are they actually going to give uh, Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo a shot uh, this year? Like they say, uh, you'd think that would raise the value a bit for the pass catchers. I just don't understand uh, why they potentially play themselves into a lesser draft pick. Also, uh, are the 49ers still looking to dump Carlos Hyde after the year? A lot going on in this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll start with Garoppolo. I think they have to play him this year. Um, he's a free agent after the year, and they just paid a second-round pick for him. So they can't pay him. He's going to want a, a big payday given you know, even just the limited work we've seen from him. There's a lot, obviously a lot of excitement about him. He's just gotten a, a second-round pick off that. So I, I think they can't pay him sight unseen. So you have to play him. Um, and, you know, given the fact that he's a free agent, I feel like, you got to give them enough of an audition to where you can actually make a real assessment on do we give this guy a big contract or do we use that first round pick on a quarterback? Um, and yeah, I mean, it could hurt their draft pick, but I think at this point, what is it might cost them the 101 for the 102 or something. So, uh, yeah, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be picking at the 110 or anything. Um, so I think that Garoppolo is going to be playing after the bye. My guess is, I think there's actually a very high chance that he starts after the week 11 bye. Uh, and I do think he's got a chance to improve the offense. I still think it'll be a bad offense. I, I wouldn't be targeting the wide receivers necessarily. If anything, this is good news for Carlos Hyde, who we know is very involved, very involved in the passing game. Run, running backs obviously benefit quite a bit if the offense is able to stay on pace a little bit more, able to get more roads and opportunities. So I think Hyde might be the, the biggest beneficiary uh, as you know, a single fantasy relevant entity. If you needed a San Francisco wide receiver, if you're in a very deep league or something, I, I guess I'd go good one just because he's got that big play ability, but I definitely don't feel strongly there. And, um, I, I wouldn't really be targeting any of the wide receivers in the offense. Very good. All right, Pat, the next one is the fuck Mary kill. Are oh, they wait, elite? I forgot about Hyde. Do you want to <laughs> Oh, see, that's what we think about Hyde, clearly. That's what, apparently, well, that's what I think about Hyde. I just <laughs> completely squelch him. Well, let me, let me <laughs> say that in Dynasty, I would be, uh, I would be shopping the shit out of Hyde this week. Um, he's coming off a 20 plus point game. He's also an unre- unrestricted free agent this year. It's pretty clear for, to me that they don't want him to be their workhorse running back, uh, really at all. And, and certainly not for next year if they've got the choice of giving him a new contract or not. Um, I don't think he's a bad player, but he's not such a good player that I'd count on to land on his feet elsewhere. So there's a lot of downside for Hyde in 2018, I think. This is, I mean, this, his role right now is so sure. Um, and I think if you're a contender, adding Hyde could really help you out, particularly if you're weak at running back. But uh, it's probably 
a good time to be a seller on high, just given how much uncertainty there is for his future in Dynasty. Yeah, Hyde's one I can't figure out because clearly he is a really great short-term player right now. I think like that's just in the bank, right? And his he, it's only going to get better with Jimmy G there. The problem is I don't know if he's going to be there long term. So like if he stays in San Fran, I think he's a sure bet to still be a really solid producer next year. Um, but if he doesn't stay in San Fran, then then basically you know, who the hell knows, and he's going to lose value. So it, it's, it can either go one way or the other way. So there's a pretty big range of outcomes there. So I think if you're a little bit more risk-adverse, go ahead and hang on to him. But I think if you're less risk-adverse and you have a contender willing to shop for him, then, uh, yeah, I'm with you there 100%. Uh, the next one here, Pat, fuck, Mary kill. Are they elite or not? Nah? So we've got Kareem Hunt uh, seems to have uh, conceded a little bit of his uh, rushing share. I mean, not so much, but he's a little a little bit more game uh, dependent, game script dependent now. Melvin Gordon, who, um, geez, you, you never know what you're going to get. You're going to get bad efficiency. Is he going to get all the passing volume you expect out of him? And then Mark Ingram, just when you think it can't get any better, now all of a sudden we're starting to see some of that usage shift over to one Alvin Kamara. So what do you got here? Uh, first, I'm going to kill Mark Ingram. Uh, then I'm going to fuck Kareem Hunt. Uh, he had nearly 100 combined points in his first three games of his career, which is pretty sexy. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm going to go check to make sure Mark Ingram's dead. And then I'm going to marry Melvin Gordon. Um, this is his second year now, averaging 19-plus PPR points per game. He's a first-round running back. He's just got a workhorse-level workload here. Um, and the efficiency isn't there. But I think it could be. He was a good prospect. Uh, he's solidified a really valuable role. If he adds on the efficiency, he could be a monster. So I definitely think he's a keeper. Uh, and uh, that's that's going to be who I marry, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point, and it's a point that we always hammer home is, you know, quite frankly, you know, efficiency is good because sometimes it's an indicator for uh, future success or future uh, opportunity. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is all about opportunity. And if, if you're going to be that crappy, I guess, efficiency-wise and still put up 20 points a game, uh, all the rest of that becomes noise and who cares. So, yeah, I'm with you there on yeah, it becomes one Melvin Gordon. If he's if – he's- still getting the workload and he's inefficient, then the efficiency is just pure upside. I mean, the only reason I really care about the efficiency with Gordon is if he's so inefficient that he loses that role. Um, but, you know, he just ran for like, what was it, 80 plus yard touchdown a couple weeks ago. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's a possibility here he could string together a couple more plays like that. And, you know, the efficiency doesn't look so bad. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to bet on the opportunity. And if you get some uh, additional if efficiency, that's great. Uh, you know, I, anything else that I'm trying to do with Mark Ingram, I just, boy, I, I like Mark Ingram, the, the player, uh, I guess. Uh, but he's getting the opportunity right now. But I'm willing to bet a little bit more on Alvin Kamara beginning to, uh, I guess, take a little bit more of that load, really just trying to keep those guys healthy in their new run first offense. And I 
think I'm willing to bet on New Orleans going forward here, uh, just maintaining this style of play uh, deep into the playoffs here as well. So, I mean, if I'm putting my money on anybody coming out of that division, it's definitely not going to be Atlanta. It's going to be New Orleans. And I'm going to head over to our uh, sponsor here, my bookie, to place that bet there. Uh, you know, whether you're looking at uh, some of the lines for this week, uh, whether you're looking at some of the player props, or if you're looking at some of those more season-long style bets, my bookie is definitely where you're going to want to do it. They have been in business for years. The rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. Actually, you know what? Their cash bonus now is is 50%. So you did miss the boat on that a couple weeks ago, but you can still get 50% on your deposit, which is pretty awesome. So, I mean, that's literally uh, like a buy one, get one half off that you're getting just for signing up and doing what you're already doing with your buddies anyway. So, I mean, if you're going to place that bet, you know, under the table or somebody with, with your old man or your uncle or your brother, 20 bucks on the game, just head over to my bookie, take care of it there. Um, ultimately, they have some of the fastest payouts in the industry. And they also have a new slick website and uh, mobile app as well. There you, go. you win. Yeah, yeah, you win. They pay. It's kind of an important consideration. And uh, <laughs> use the promo code ROTOMAILBAG. Activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today, and we'll go ahead and get that started for you. Again, that's ROTOMAILBAG, and you'll get that deposit uh, up to 50% bonus there as well. All right, Pat, rest of the season here. Uh, you mentioned liking Alvin Kamara a lot. Well, who do you got between McCaffrey and Kamara? This person needs to trade one of them to secure another wide receiver before the deadline. I would be trading McCaffrey, keeping Kamara. Uh, I think they're both going to have strong receiving workloads going forward, but I think Kamara has a lot more touchdown upside. McCaffrey has half the rushing uh, touchdowns for running backs on the Panthers. McCaffrey has one rushing touchdown. Uh, this is this is a team that hasn't been producing rushing touchdowns for its running backs really for years, given uh, Cam Newton's involvement there at the goal line. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. I think Kamara is really the guy here for the touchdown upside. I think McCaffrey's going to continue to be fed the ball in the receiving game. He certainly, you don't have to be going crazy to sell McCaffrey or anything, but between the two, I definitely prefer Kamara. Very good. All right, Pat. So you have to have a story to share about your Vegas trips of late. Uh, maybe something you normally wouldn't share, right? So, But you can bypass any flippy card stories. <laughs> um, so Pete Overzet and I were hanging out with Ryan Hodge and the father and son duo from Texas that we highlighted in our Fantasyland episode last year, the high stakes <laughs> episode, uh, Matt and Mark. And those guys, uh, you know, are a riot. We are just drinking beers. Uh playing some ridiculous games there were some some pranks slash scams from uh from mark the father of the the texas duo tried to scam us out of some money uh in, <laughs> in a very funny way and uh then some bets you know some some dares and stuff and i'll say ryan may or may not have taken a hundred dollars to lick a chippendale bros nipple so that's that's something that's been floating around the Twitter sphere. I've I've seen Ryan discuss this. Uh, I will neither <laughs> confirm nor deny that that happened. All right. So so I have to ask the follow up. So I mean, if you were asked to lick a Chippendales nipple, would the hundred dollars have gotten it done for you? <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. <laughs> I definitely would have wanted more. I mean, Ryan had to give the guy some of the money just to be able to do it. Well, I mean, if he had done it, he would have done that. I'll say that. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you've, you've got to pay for the service, right? right? Exactly. Oh, goodness. All right, Dynasty. What should we expect from the Chargers next year? I'm thinking of trading Hunter Henry now, since next year it seems like it's going to be a little bit more crowded with Mike Williams. Also, does this make Keenan Allen more of a sell? Yeah, so Henry's someone I wasn't interested in this year in Dynasty at all. I felt like he was a big sell going into the season, so I'm not actually that sure of what his price currently is. Um if it's still kind of at all where it was, I'd definitely be selling. I'm kind of all about selling those expensive young tight ends who haven't really done anything. Um, I feel like tight ends a really easy position, even a dynasty, to kind of cobble something together. So I'd, I'd really only want to pay for like guys who are elite. Like I wasn't buying Travis Kelsey in dynasty until this year. <laughs> I made a trade for him a couple weeks ago in a dynasty league. So I'm like, okay, I know he's an elite player, but now he actually has an elite situation and he's in a, truly an elite fantasy tight end. I'm finally buying in. Like that's sort of the level where I'm like, okay, I'm going to pay up. I'm going to pay up for, for the top tight end of the year. Um, I don't really want to pay up for the guys who just are potential at tight end uh, because I think it's just so easy to fill in decent production with guys who are basically free. Um, so yeah, if, if Henry's worth, Kind of anything close to what he was preseason, I would definitely be selling. Um, Keenan Allen, I don't think is a sell. He's had a rough stretch the last couple weeks. He was doing really well before that. Uh, this coming week is probably not going to be much help. They're going against Jacksonville, so it could be another rough week for him. But uh, Mike Williams is not a guy who's all that high on coming out. I thought he was an overrated prospect. He's managed two catches in his three games this season. Uh, Allen, I don't think, is really threatened by Mike Williams you know, maybe Williams could steal some touchdowns, but I think he's going to, if anything, maybe he'll just be a boost to the offense overall. I, I don't think he's really a huge threat to Keenan Allen's workload in the medium term. So uh, I would not be selling Keenan Allen. Yeah, I'm with you on Hunter Henry. Um, you know, long gone are the days where I just keep waiting on guys like Ladarius Green. Now, I'm not comparing Henry to Ladarius Green or anything, kind of, but but from the for exactly what you mentioned, right? I mean, it, tight end, you just kind of Frankenstein your way into tight end production, and then, yep, you go ahead and pay the piper when you finally know that you've got one that's elite. I, I think I am kind of selling Keenan Allen, though. Mm-hmm. I Maybe will. Williams uh, increases the uh, efficiency. Maybe he allows Keenan Allen to get open a little bit more. I just, I, my fear is that if there is a little bit more uh, share of that target distribution, that's where the bread and butter is for Keenan Allen, and he just hasn't been a touchdown scorer. So I don't know. Maybe that changes in 2018, but if I think there's going to be a little bit less uh, target share going his way, which he's kind of dependent on for his production, um, don't get me wrong, I love the player, but I, I think if somebody's willing to give me an offer I like uh, give me an offer I can't refuse I think I might go ahead and do it uh, Pat what was the worst job you ever had um, just real quick on tight ends I want I wanted to add one thing was that I will draft tight ends uh, I like drafting tight ends particularly once you get out of the first round I, I really liked Njoku this year so I targeted him took him in the late first some but guys like Gerald Everett were super cheap this year Adam Shaheen these guys were way uh, uh, John Smith way way too cheap and they're the type of dudes who I think like one of those guys in three years is gonna or two two years is gonna end up being worth kind of like what Hunter Henry was this preseason so I like mining tight ends selling them 
in that kind of mid range. And then if you're going to pay for, pay for an expensive tight end, pay for the elite guys. But anyway, worst job Good I ever enough. had. Good point. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Worst job I ever had was, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really, I never really had a terrible job. Um, to be honest, I mean, I've been, I've been lucky. I, I worked as a waiter for a couple years. Um, and the, we're at a restaurant where the, the owner was also the head chef. He also ran the front of the house. So that wasn't awesome. Um, cause some days was his name eat. Ramsey. <laughs> no, his name was not Ramsey, but he was, he was a dick. Um, <laughs> so that wasn't, that wasn't great, but I mean, I've been with the same company now for six years and my job's flexible enough to where I can do fantasy stuff on the side. So I, I can't really complain. And luckily I've never had a terrible job. All right. Well, I guess you, you, you weaseled your way out of that question. So as, <laughs> as a waiter, I have seen the movie waiting. So are there any truth to any of those stories at all? Um, man, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but I mean, waiting tables, I don't know. I, I, I've like, the classic crap of like some dude tipping me like 35 cents and then being like, I actually went back to a guy, the guy who did that. And it's like, are you like, is this, do you need change? Like what, what's going on here? <laughs> Cause it was like, you gave me 35 cents and he's like, we're good. I'm like, oh, okay. So, oh. um, yeah, there's, you know, there, it has up, it ups and it's ups and downs, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen Waiting enough recently to know exactly uh, the stories you're referring to. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one for old time's sake. So the, the guy that tipped you 35 cents, it might have been Hodge before he got that 100 bucks. <laughs> That's what he had <laughs> left over. Yeah, right. Uh, redraft. Garrett Selleck is my starting tight end this week. Uh, Ed Dixon's also on the wire. Stick with Selleck? I would stick with Selleck. Um, the Giants have been kind of that defensive target for tight ends. Uh, you know, Garcon's out for the season. Just mentioned uh, their wide receiver core, not that great. So, Sella could get some targets. Dixon hasn't really been getting targeted recently. I don't feel great about, you know, starting uh, Selleck. Uh, you know, I wouldn't feel great about it as well, but I think that's probably the move. Yep, give me Selleck there as well. I'd rather have a little bit more of the unknown, I guess. Uh, Pat, movie within a movie time. Take movie one's cast of characters, pick them up, move them into a completely different movie's plot. What's the new movie, and how does it play out? I got a little wacky here, I think. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the characters from the Martin Scorsese classic, The Departed, and then move them into the 2009 Vince Vaughn vehicle couples retreat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everyone's already lying to each other about who they are and what they're doing in a, in a life or death cat and mouse game. But then you add in some couples therapy. So you really raise the stakes here, I think, for both movies. Um, you've got Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson's character, and his girlfriend. I don't know if you remember yes. from The Departed. They definitely look like they, you could use some therapy. You got French, Nicholson's number two guy, kind of his henchman. It appears that he murdered his wife. So he's definitely got some issues to work out. And then our two main leads from the movie are dating the same woman. So there's a lot of potential for some com comedic mix-ups there. So I, I think uh, <laughs> this is... This is a real mashup that could. This work. one really would work. I mean, this this <laughs> has got uh, maybe not HBO, but I think this has got Showtime written all over. Maybe Stars. <laughs> yeah, this is. I think Stars. Stars for sure. would definitely take this on. And and 
Maybe a Cinemax. Cinemax? Could they? Would that be? A yeah, as, as long as it's on after ten, then we can coin it Skinemax, and it's going <laughs> to really make the couples retreat uh, a little bit more noteworthy, I should say. <laughs> the, the, the the dude that likely killed his wife too. They're they're the ones that when they went on the island, she was uh you know off dating the other guy, and he couldn't take it anymore. And right, exactly. rather than trying to make up yeah. like they they did, if I'm remembering couples retreat correctly, just took a baseball bat or something. With in right in, in couples retreat, he realizes that this young girl isn't right for him, and you know he kind of reconnects with his ex wife. In this version. It ends at a murder, so it's a little darker, <laughs> but I still think it's a good a movie. little bit. All right, uh, next one, Redraft. Any idea if uh, Jones or Tymont are going to split from here on out? Seemed like everyone wanted to crown Jones while he had a great couple of games. It was, in fact, while Ty Montgomery was injured. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Aaron Jones, and I was really excited for him this past week. Uh, Sean Siegel and, and I on our uh, – you know, our podcast, sort of his radio, we, we've sort of gotten to the point where I feel like we've started to jinx any player that we need <laughs> in the Monday night game. Cause we record during the Monday night game, but you know, we, we don't have it on, so we don't really know what's going on. And, uh, we've just been every week, you know, Oh, so-and-so's, you know, I, at one point Matt Kelly came on to talk about how, you know, Jason Witten is the metronome. And then Jason Witten had his basically, a, you know, first terrible game of the year so it's every year and this this year was no except this week was no exception we were talking about aaron jones and how you know we thought he was going to have a big game and of course he goes for on five carries 12 yards uh, two receptions for a sweet negative one yard um yeah i mean i was excited about jones and thinking he was going to have a big workload coming off 131 yards on 17 carries but they come out of their bye which I think is important because it's like, well, you know, they had a week to sort of decide what, what they're going to do here. Come out of the bye, and Montgomery gets five carries, so does Jones. Um, Montgomery actually outsnaps him. Uh, and then Jones now coming off a really bad effort. You know, and reading Roto World, it, it sounds like he missed a, a pass protection assignment as well. So maybe even this terrible stat line doesn't include how bad this game was for him. So I like him a lot. I think he should get a workhorse. Uh, role just basically because this is a lost season and they they know they don't want Ty Montgomery in that role so you might as well see what you have in Jones if he can kind of be a three down guy but given that they decided not to do that after the buy off a huge game for Jones he'd also had a really nice game a couple weeks before that coming off this effort I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna use Jones in that role going forward so uh, I'm kind of bummed out about it I think if things break right for Jones again and he you know, he does get another chance. He could run with it, but uh, for now, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be holding my breath that he's going to kind of lock up this backfield. Yeah, and it's going to be tough to do a whole ton in this backfield unless Huntley can figure out how to air it out a little bit more. And and yeah, it's like damned if you do and damned if you don't. If you are Green Bay with Aaron Jones, because you want to get him the the reps, uh, but you also want to keep him healthy because clearly he is the better between the tackles runner there. And uh, so, do you, do you really put anything at risk at this point? Just kind of keep him fresh, try to get him uh, learning the playbook a little bit more and some of those blocking and scheme assignments. So, yeah, I, I think you're still going to see uh, much more muddy waters ahead for both of them here. All right, Pat, if you can go anywhere, past, present, future, where would you go? So I think I'd go to ancient Rome. Um, first of all, ancient Rome, famous for the aqueducts, clean drinking water. 
This is big. If you're going to go back in time, you got to have clean drinking water. I am not well prepared for the types of, you know, bugs and parasites as a, as a modern American man. I, I'm not, my <laughs> system can't handle that stuff. So I need the clean drinking water, the aqueducts, big point. I've been getting a little bit more into wine recently, so I feel like, uh, you know, this is a good, I'm more of a beer guy, but if you're, again, if you're going back in time, if you go too far back, you're just going to get stuck with mead. You know, if you want good beer, you got to go to the Middle Ages. I don't want any part of the Middle Ages. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you go, again, if you go even further back, you might get stuck with like fermented goat's milk or something gross. So I think I'm going to just kind of play it safe here, hit a single, get some really nice wine, um, good food. I mean, you got to get some good olive oil, right? Uh, good Mediterranean food. So I'm, I'm into that. And then I think this is a real key for a football fan. Arena sports. Where else are you going to go? Again, going back in time, you're not going to get arena sports anywhere else than ancient Rome. So uh, I think a clear answer if you're going back in time. Future, it's a little bit too much downside there. It's definitely a high upside, but it's very risky play. More of a GPP play. This is a cash game type of question. Here. You're you're going to have to. This is good. You could die here. Frankly, you're going. You who knows what could happen. So cash game play. Ancient Rome. <laughs> Nicely done. Along the way, though, there's one thing that's kind of kind of apparent here um you know uh, the olive oil the the nice food the the fine wine you're getting old man <laughs> I, I was i was gonna say it sounds like i have my priorities straight is that is that what you mean yes yes absolutely <laughs> absolutely you, you i think you have graduated from hopping fences and, and ripping pants <laughs> yeah i guess i have <laughs> nicely done sir well last but not least uh week 10 bold prediction yeah so Finally healthy, coming off a bye. I'm going to say Stefan Diggs, despite a tough matchup going into Washington, finishes as a, as a top five wide receiver. Oh, yes. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. I'm on board. Let's make that happen. Nice. And that's, Let's do it. Let's do it. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. And again, if you want any questions answered on the show, on the RV Mailbag, submit it to us via email, rotavisradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at rotavisradio, or the hashtag RV Mailbag. Pat, man, many thanks for carving out the time, coming on the show. Any uh, last-minute plugs here? Um. Well, Check out our show. It, it comes out on Tuesdays, Road of His Radio. Sean Siegel, one of the smartest guys in the business. We got a great guest every week, so check that out. And Fantasyland, um, we should be producing some more episodes coming out next summer. We'll see. Um, keep an eye out for those. Uh, always a lot of fun to get those out. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. Occasionally I write for Rotoviz. Uh, I'm the world's slowest writer, so that doesn't happen all that much. But I guess if I ever do that, read that, read that article, please. Well, because you got some fine wine going on there in the background, you know? <laughs> it's a little hard to write and drink, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> actually that's that i think if anything that just sort of uh loosens you up you, get, you can get a flow going exactly opens up the creativity all right uh, <laughs> be sure to follow him on twitter that's at pat crane and please don't forget to rate and review the show on itunes it means a lot i'm jeremy hart at fantasy gumshoe okay bye
Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Joining me today on the show is a contributor here at the Viz, host of the flagship Roto uh, Roto 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 Roto. <laughs> Woo! We're gonna dig that one back here. Oh shit! It's also professional for me to ask my guests to record on my behalf too. It's pretty part of the course. Nice. I love the OK bye. Still, still with the OK bye. It's my favorite. Yeah. It was born with you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, man. I I think it was born with you. Was it? Yeah. That's great. I, I remember so. commenting on it the, the first time I came on. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think it was just like a wacky show or something. I think we got a little goofy or yeah. whatnot. And then I think, I don't know, I could, another one of those shows I'm having like now where I just can't fucking speak. Right. I was on, so it was a goofy show. <laughs> Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Turbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.